The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Six. Four stars, five stars, however many stars you will allow me. Why did you say that? In tears, because he wants to go to Target. You're a great scene partner. Welcome to the big stream. I'm Kyle Coster. I'm here with Stephen Douglas and Stephen, our journey with the rehearsal is finished for now. There will be a season two that was announced this week. That's probably the big development in the arena of this show. Here's where I want to start it. You watch these before I do. You tended to watch them on Friday night when I watched them on Sunday night and over the weekend got a message in Slack saying that we would both be needing therapy to deal with the finale of this season. Why did you say that? Well, uh, the finale dealt with what I thought was some very genuine, very real parts involving a small child, our, our little buddy Remy, who was six years old, and he's at that age. He, he does not have a father in his life, and as playing with Nathan, having a father, he became very attached. And you as a father of small children as well. Uh, I watched the first probably half of that episode with just like a feeling in the pit of my stomach, just being like heartbroken for this kid. And because, you know, I, I saw something, I see something like this every day, you know, uh, my son like two nights ago my wife went to target and she asked if he wanted to go and he's like no so he stayed and then like 10 minutes later he's like well i want to go to target i'm like well you can't bud and he's like in tears because he wants to go to target this is just kids have these kids don't know how to deal with this stuff so and and that was for something silly you know this is something much more uh serious and bigger in remy's life i mean i thought we got some more of nathan's realness of actually him kind of breaking character and trying to uh navigate this uh very sad child yeah i experienced many of the same emotions it doesn't help that one of my kids names is remy that hit home pretty hard for me this episode 
if we were to sum it up, I mean, that's the conflict is that one of the young actors doesn't want to say goodbye and gets confused by the experience. He's looking for a father figure. Nathan is probably the closest thing he's ever had to it. And yes, they were play acting, but you know that Nathan did a good job and was passionate toward the kid and treated him like a human being and like you would treat a kid and so much of this show is revolved around what emotions are real and what emotions are fake and that line being blurred is the constant dance that we're all trying to do both the people on the screen and the people at home but nothing really happened this was a story of an older human being trying to explain to a younger human being how the world works and yeah. it doesn't matter if you're the father of these children, or if you're just someone who cares about them on a basic level, you want to do a good job. And I think what I kept coming back to is how many of these situations, like the one you mentioned before about the target fiasco are just unwinnable and yeah. unsolvable. And how much of being a parent is approaching whatever comes around the next corner, the best way you can, because number one, you can't be equipped for everything. Number two, one tact that you think is going to work might not work. If it worked before, there's no guarantee that it's going to work again. You're dealing with young children who can understand some things, but not everything. And oftentimes that's not a linear progression either. You think you make progress and then the next day it's back to where you were or even further back from where you would want to be. Nathan in this episode dealt with the most real emotions. And I think when it involves a kid his approach to it is vastly different than when it involves an adult because a lot of times you can see the flaws or the complications of the adults they know what they're getting into and this kid straight up didn't know what acting was and he's six or he yeah. cut, he's six like what do you expect from him and it was just trying to get him to a place where he could go on with his life i felt for the mother the mother really impressed me i thought that yeah. she really great with the whole thing oddly enough they had a lot of chemistry like it kind of felt like the realist relationship on the show and i was just like this is something that he never had with angela obviously and it, it's weird because he's in that position of power but i was like you know these two really are working together for the betterment of the child so you could take away the entire experiment and put that to the side this one problem that he needed to encounter that's parenthood like you just extrapolate that out and it's doing that every single day for 18 years, hopefully, and then they move out of the house. But your entire life, you're going to be managing that relationship and just trying to do your best in the back of your mind, knowing that the stakes could not possibly be higher. Yeah. Uh, Amber, uh, Remy's mom, came off like a rock star, I thought. You know, she's a single mom. She's trying to do what's best for her kid. She thought it would be a fun experience and the kid had a great time. And then you have to deal with the separation anxiety that he's having because he doesn't want to leave his new friend, which is a common thing of my kids were with their cousins yesterday and the little cousin cries whenever they leave. This is just how kids are. Can you hear my kid crying right now? For once, I cannot. Oh, okay. <laughs> my, my infant is upstairs bawling about something but grandma and grandpa are here to take care of that so amber was great 
like in a different show, like you, the lines blurred, you know, as you're watching, like what's real, you know, it's all reality, but it's like kind of a scenario. It really did almost feel like he would try and kiss her at one point, you know, kind of like, I mean, it was, it wasn't that different than like his hesitancy to, to hug Remy. You know, he's like, do you want to hug? Like kind of putting his arms out, but not really going for it. Uh, in a in a scripted television show, that's what would happen. They would get together, you know. But this is this very incredibly weird show that instead of that, it turned into something wildly different. Yeah, he goes back and he starts to bring in the other uh, versions of Remy to see what he did wrong. For that, you know, he had his uh, his nine year old actor. He had the adult actor, which led to the greatest sight gag of the show where he, just that one like one or two second clip where he's looking out the window talking about how it's not reality and you can see the adult actor smoking in the overalls <laughs> which i will i will never forget that image it was so it was so good yeah i wanted to tick through the comedy of this episode and obviously getting the older actors to portray a six-year-old was unbelievably funny like that first hug where the 18 year old knocks him over i laughed out loud and again the the vaping scene outside huge laugh the nine-year-old in this gets a star turn because he's playing your old remy and he's a fantastic actor at one point nathan asks him look you know that i'm not your real dad right and it's just (laughs) the pregnant pause for a minute that was really good at the end he asks, am I believable as a father? And the kid, the actor says, you're a great scene partner, which, I mean, that sums it all up, right? Like, okay, Nathan, are you a good guy? Are you a bad guy? Is this believable? We can all quibble about that. Different people are going to have different perspectives. I think this is going to be a polarizing show. It already is. And as it gains traction, it's only going to get more, but there's no denying that he is a great scene partner. And he's a great actor and he's someone that you want in there because he's going to be able to adapt to any type of situation in a way that I think that most people would, but most people would not ever push themselves to blur the lines of this is real. This is fake. When emotions are on the line. I guess we're, we're done with the episode. I was just thinking about how weird it was. The whole part where he becomes uh, the mom was just uh, one last both incredibly deep look into like his psyche and like trying to understand how people are but also just an incredible sight gag as he and he sets it up with uh, where'd you get that sweater is just so brilliant and subtle and when it finally became clear like he he was dressed a little different and you didn't really get it until I think it was uh, he looked in the mirror and it was just like, oh my God, I can't believe he's actually doing this. I'm glad you brought that up when he's doing the scene and the actor said, I thought you were my mom. And then there's that long pregnant pause. He says, no, I'm your dad. That sums it all up because everybody, including the scene partners had forgotten the state of had forgotten what was happening. So you can only imagine what the people at home thought. And it's just a snapshot of it didn't always make sense. And I'm sure there were times where 
you didn't understand fully what was happening, but you understood that something was happening and maybe we're not smart enough to get it. Maybe he didn't really tie everything together as neatly as he could have, but it was kind of nice to see that experimentation and not having everything be smoothed over and perfectly perfect. It wouldn't work for this show anyway. And at the beginning of the show, when they were like adult language and there's a nudity there, and I'm like, what is this? Then the nudity, I think, was just his butt crack on the very last thing that you see on the rehearsal, which is just they're so unnecessary, so such a strange choice, which is how can you plan that just because he because he's probably wearing women's jeans and women's underwear. I... It just proved that he was able to be the butt of the joke and the final butt of the joke. Now that it's done and we ended up a thousand miles, I think, from where we thought we would begin yeah. on this series, why don't you tell me about your journey from episode one, which was a very straightforward rehearsal about telling someone on their trivia team that your entire educational background was built on a lie to themes of what it is to be a parent, ethics and acting, all this stuff. How did you go about hanging on for what I would say was a wild ride through six weeks. Yeah, I, I went into the show just assuming that it was going to be uh, a rehearsal every week, a different rehearsal and, you know, a bottle episode, if you will, that which is basically what the core episode became. And, but the show started laying out exactly what was going to happen because like, uh, People tell me I'm I'm kind of awkward, and it opens with him doing his own rehearsal. Try he's the one. It shows you right there when he creates uh, the replica of Cora's apartment that he's going to be rehearsing as well. When it turned into more serialized in episode two, although they kept the outer lounge and later Nate's lizard lounge, that was another through line of the series, and. Based on where it started with Angela and where it ended up with uh, him dealing with Remy as a mother father, I I have so many questions. I have no idea how he outlined this show originally, how much he could have possibly planned, because there's no way that he could have not having kids. If he's not around, you can't plan for that entire last episode where it's about a kid getting attached to you during the acting. He couldn't, he couldn't have possibly done that. So he must've had some kind of outline and then just rolled with whatever. When he start, he moved in with Angela, he said there would be no more rehearsals. So you have to, I, I would assume there were more rehearsals planned. And this one, just the thing with Angela in the house and growing veg growing fake vegetables and raising a child it just took off and spiraled and he ran with it and i don't think he would have done the second season if he didn't have a plan so not that he'll end up going with that plan based on how people act it was just incredible week to week as soon as you figured out that you knew nothing and every episode was going to go in a wildly different direction uh, it was just so enjoyable. On 
a podcast maybe a month ago, I think that I said there's a difference between what Nathan's doing and what John Wilson's doing. And it makes sense mm-hmm. that there's a lot of shared DNA because Fielder is an executive producer on that show. With more information, I would say the shows are probably much more similar because this final episode was something that, okay, here's what I got. Like you couldn't plan after episode three or whatever. I don't know if this is the arc he wanted to take. I would say it's not. I, I There's no way he sat out envisioning being like, okay, this is what's going to happen. We never really got like the catharsis. We never really got the full picture of what it is to be a parent. We never really saw these kids growing up in kind of like that linear time warp fashion. It's not to say that I didn't enjoy what we got. I would just say two things. Number one, I liked the first episode and the second episode more than the last four, where it was, like you said, the bottle episodes, you're meeting new people, you're kind of building these worlds physically through the prop and set department and kind of saying goodbye to these people. I thought that was better than the actual stuff that was happening in the house. I kind of wish that had been the show. I also wonder if the show would have been better and a little bit more contained and singular if it had only focused on the project at home. Like it seemed like there was enough there for us to get a season out of. So I'm not really sure why we kind of got like, 26% doing something else and 74% at home. Do you think that those are valid criticisms or do you see either of them differently? Uh, I mean, yeah, they're definitely valid, but I also think that like the fielder method was so important to the rest of those episodes at home because I mean, that's where he got fake Angela. Everybody who showed up at the house, the mother and the, uh, the grandmother, they're fielder method people. He put the fielder method people in the bar, which he had brought with him. Every bit of this show just kind of touched every other bit. It was pretty crazy the way he was able to incorporate everything. And he was able to do that by just like stepping back at like every turn and just being trying to break off into different uh, directions just to see what would shake out. And, but yeah, I, like I said, I, I would have loved this as just like, as all like core, um, all, I would have loved all different rehearsals, uh, if they had, I mean, who knows? I mean, you can't predict Angela leaving the show. There was, he just rolled with the punches at every term, it seemed. Well, Bill Simmons is back and we missed him. And he discussed this on his show yesterday. And one of the points they brought up, which I thought was a really good one and a great summation of what we saw was this is probably everything that Nathan Fielder ever wanted to create. You look at what he did with Nathan for you and he took it to the next level. I'm not saying the show is perfect, but I think that he's finally created something that is as polarizing is as uncomfortable, is as rewarding, and is as funny as he would want his products to be. And I think that that's obviously a monumental achievement. It's always important to know that this is his brain. This is the way he's seeing the world. Obviously, he operates on a much higher level than all of us. And what I want is not really important because you got to give someone who is 
so singular in their ability to create a world agency to do what they want with it. So my criticisms, you know, that's just me personally, what I would have liked, but I obviously realized that the moment he starts trying to edit his content or fit into a box or listening to the critics or anything like that, that's going to get him out of the direction he wants to go and trusting his instincts, it's going to suffer. So I think it's part and parcel of this show to be a little bit irritated, to be a little bit annoyed, to be a little bit like, Hey, you missed an opportunity here. Or what about this? But you don't get to have that because you're not doing all the hard work of calling all the parents of these actors and getting them to sign release forms. And it just sounds like an incredible amount of busy work as someone whose work is reflected on the site, but also there's a lot of it that goes unseen. I really thought it was a great testament to what the artistic experience can be, not just what you see on the screen, but all the things you have to do outside of it. And I think knowing that he's the one spearheading all that makes me doubly impressed with his efforts. No one else would take this risk. There will be copycats. And I think that that's a good thing. But you look at the state of play right now in 2022 and you have these big streaming services basically shooting movies and deleting them, having artists create art and stifling it so you can do tax write-offs. Like it's pretty bleak. It's pretty dystopian. And yet amid that rubble of artistic dreams, there's this thing. It's like this little weird gangly flower growing out there. And I think that this came out in this year with all the stuff that's going on in the background made it pop even more. Yeah, it's definitely unique, um, especially for such a, a big place like HBO. I think this kind of thing gets made, you know, uh, just on a much smaller scale and without an HBO budget. But I mean, yeah, no, there's nobody that's going to that had the mind to create the rehearsal like Nathan Fielder did. It's kind of like Bo Burnham. No one else could make that. It would never really that kind of thing would never get okayed ahead of time. But he it's just something that he had to make himself. He did it all himself. And then he found this willing distribution, obviously, because it was excellent. Uh, but and like how to a John Wilson, you know, it's just something that no one else could make because it's just this one person's unique combination of skill set and uh, sense of humor. It's like, no, I mean, you could recreate the how to John Wilson thing, but I mean, he's got he to put that show together, he had like thousands of hours and days of tape to just like take the most random things and put them into the show it's great that there are people that are able to do this because it's it's so impressive to go along with and yeah it's it's very it's a very uh bleak is a great word for like what happened with that Batgirl movie where they shot all this movie and then the they're like no we're not gonna do this and then the directors went to look for it and they'd already like i can't believe they just deleted it that was just insane it just shows you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a dollars and cents thing. And I think this is going to be a success for HBO. Everybody's been talking about it. 
even if people don't like it, it's out there. It became appointment television in a way that, you know, like succession euphoria, I think it's up there at least for something that's coming out weekly. It's undoubtedly in the top 10 shifting gears here. I kind of wanted to get your temperature on something that he did throughout the series that was pretty subtle, but also I think featured in every single one. And it was his commentary on it was his commentary on religion and his experience of being Jewish in the world. And we saw again in this episode where he's made to get down eye level with the child and explain this confused child that uh, Jesus is King and Lord and savior and Judaism is just made up. And, you know, because it's made up, he will be burning for all eternity. And what he does is say things straightforward and then let the canvas of the other person who's forcing this situation kind of hang themselves on their own reaction. And in some cases, I think you understand where the people who are playing the foil come from. Like if you have a kid and religion is an important part of your upbringing, you want them to have clarity. You want them to have the conversation, but just the dismissal of other people's feelings Mm -hmm. and their beliefs and beliefs that are not dangerous beliefs that are share the same values, right? Just to be so myopic and inconsiderate that you would put someone in that situation, I think is, is shocking and stunning. And I think that secretly, this was a really great piece. If you cobbled together the 15 minutes or so, like this is obviously something that he felt strongly enough to include. And I think that it was really effective by just showing, hey, this is a real fake world that we've inhibited. But even when these people know that they're on camera, this is the stuff that's happening. So you can only imagine what's going on when you're out of frame. How did all of that land with you? It was really tough to watch. It was cringy. But I do think that there's a lot of benefit to be shown. And this is what it looks like. It's not always overt hatred. It's this like existing boulder pushing everything down and stifling anything that's not that and being so resistant to being malleable yeah uh as someone who's not deeply deeply religious i think it's kind of weird that you would have this belief system that you are just so insistent upon that you're fine letting someone else say something like uh, you know i'm gonna burn in hell and and you're like "Mm -hmm." just letting your kid believe that just because of this small little difference um you know angela got angela got to come back for one more time and instead of just like having a, a moment of forgiveness you know it's like she's obviously fine with what happened on the show and how she was portrayed based on everything she's said since but like in this one two minute scene where she's getting apologized to and she brings religion into it her own like cobbled together sense where she has to she knows what she means but she has to look up exactly what it is and you know you know she could have forgiven him 490 times i guess so i think he like larry david is able to mine a lot of humor from uh his judaism and 
you know, it's it's that sense of humor that sustained him as a people for so many uh, thousand years, as Tim Watley said. Um, well, he can make that joke. Yeah, he can make that joke. I can just make that reference because I've seen Seinfeld. That's my religion. Well, it's a perfect example because I thought that it was Nathan's most heartfelt apology of yeah. the season. It was very real and it was very magnanimous and it was very in the moment, like these are the authentic things that he's been feeling. And you can tell that it was weighing on him a long time. And her response initially was good, right? Like I forgive you, but then you need to go on this like long journey where you're like studying this text to know exactly what you should say about it. Instead of just saying what you're feeling as a human, and we're not going to solve all the issues right now, but I think that that's a really instructive in terms of what we're talking about here. Like just be a human being tap into the emotions of the other human being standing there instead of filtering it through like this third text that's going to dictate how you should feel about the experience. As we close here, what were some of your favorite moments of the series? Just top of your head, what do you think will be the scenes and elements that stand out? We'll go back and forth rapid fire here. Uh, well, right off the bat, Door City. Like the I, first thing that he said was yeah. the thing that stands out the most. I, I don't know. That just popped into my head. Uh, yeah, Door City. Go ahead. What's something you uh, appreciated? The drone shot of the snow when it was the fake holidays out in Oregon was beautiful and cinematic and just a testament to the world that he was able to build. I think in a way they built the artificial world through the edifices of the bars and the lizard lounge and all that stuff, but able to make it the actual natural world look that, that way I thought was a really nice touch. Yeah. Him, him going through the, uh, the steps of trying to install irrigation and pretty much everything to do with uh, their farmstead and them going in and planting the uh, vegetables in the most unnatural way possible is probably that combination was probably one of the strongest sight gags of the entire show. The fielder method for me, everything that happened in that little room, I, you talk about what we could have done for a full season. That could have been a full season. Like that could be a show. Like he could take that single thing and explore it from every single angle and never run out of ideas that is one of the things that is going to when i look back at this like that's what it was meeting fake nathan and seeing not just how the actors progressed in that episode but kind of how that yielded dividends through the whole thing i think was one of the more cohesive and productive things that he ever did and i think it you know says a lot about acting and what it is because he obviously intended to say a lot about the process and where the ethics get a little bit foggy. Well, I like that the show also taught me something. I know that the Burj Khalifa is the tallest building in the world. Um, pretty much everything around him incepting core with the trivia knowledge was absolutely ridiculous and hilarious. The time has come to give this thing a ranking after a full season. For me, there's no other score on the board. This is four stars. If this isn't four stars, I don't know what is. Is it my favorite thing I've ever watched? No. Did I like it? I think so. (laughs) I'm not sure, but it provided me an experience unlike any I've ever had. And there has to be points given for that. I would 
say this is not for everybody. Like if you liked it and you're going to recommend it to someone, they might hate it and they might think that you're a psycho for doing it, but those are the breaks. Art involves taking risks. But for me, being uncomfortable and experiencing the gamut of emotions that I did, I mean, that's a pretty priceless experience and it's not going to come around very often. So I think capitalizing on it giving yourself over to it and hanging on for the ride is the only way to go. If you want to get maximum enjoyment out of this. And once you do that enjoyment is right there for the taking. Yeah. Um, this is clearly, this is clearly four stars from me um, from the very first shot to the last. Um, it was weird. It was completely unpredictable. There was just nothing it was unlike anything else on television. He, uh, it was just a, a case, one of those cases of a network completely trusting someone, letting them make whatever the hell they wanted, and it came out great. Uh, I know that there are people that are going to hate this. Um, I know that there are a lot of issues with like him manipulating and lying to people, but somehow he did it to he all that manipulation lying was to find this really deep truth a lot of the time um so i'm i was so happy to watch it all i watched every episode at least three times except for the last episode which i didn't know if i was going to be able to watch a second time i didn't know if i had it in me as good as it was but I, I was able to tough it out and knowing that it was all right for Remy, I knowing his mom knew that she would be, he would be okay. Cause she was there was really a touching moment. I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of really nice stuff in this show and uh, I can't wait for the next one. So four stars, five stars, however many stars you will allow me is our, is the number of stars I will give to Nathan Fielder here. That's a strong endorsement. Uh, what a journey it's been. I've been Kyle Coster. He's been Stephen Douglas. Nathan Fielder has been himself uh, and pretend daddy and so many people along the way. Keep it tuned to thebiglead.com for your sports and pop culture news. Keep listening to this podcast as well as The Big Weekend, and we'll catch you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.